Hello everyone and welcome to a very special season of Quest Me. My name is Josh and I'm your host and the creator of the Twist My Arm Network. What's the TMA Network you ask? It's a network of podcasters specializing in all sorts of pop culture nonsense. We have Marvel Canon Madness, Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, Best Flicks with Ricky D, and of course, Quest Me. You can find all of those shows at twistmyarm.net and make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for the Twist My Arm podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at TwistMyArmCast and follow QuestMe on Twitter at QuestMeTMA. We do like to go live and talk about all of our favorite pop culture nonsense. Go to YouTube.com slash TwistMyArmPodcast, smash that like button, and ring that bell to get notified every time we are live. Okay, with all of that out of the way... Let's move on to what you're here for, what you clicked on this podcast for, why you're listening to Quest Me. On this special three-episode series, Justin and I are joined by literature aficionado Phil to discuss the first book in the original Star Wars Legends series. It's written by Timothy Zahn, and it's called Heir to the Empire. It's the first installment of Star Wars The Thrawn Trilogy, and it was first published in May 1991 by Bantam Spectra. The novel is set in 9 ABY, that means after the Battle of Yavin, or five years after Star Wars Return of the Jedi. It introduces the trilogies and sagas, I think, greatest villain, Grand Admiral Thrawn. This is also the first time that Justin has read this book. And I know Phil and I are really excited to hear how he likes it and how this book has held up over the years. On this second episode of a three-part miniseries, we continue to talk about Heir to the Empire. We discuss some more similarities between Legends and Canon. And there's a Star Trek reference? Hmm. We also answer last week's question. And here, look, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm pretty sure this is how I worded it. What was introduced into the Hand of Thrawn series? that was then used in future Star Wars films. I know one of you got that one right, but if you didn't, we're going to start off with the answer to that question. And for future questions, make sure to follow us at QuestMeTMA on Twitter to give us your answers and thoughts on any of the things that we are reviewing, including the Heir to the Empire series. All right, we're going to get into this second episode. I hope you guys enjoy. You know what else got its name for the first time? Coruscant. Coruscant. So, in Heir to the Empire, this was the first time ever that they dropped the name Coruscant as the capital planet of the mm-hmm. galaxy. Really? And that stuck, obviously, forever. Yeah. Um, no it, shit. George Lucas liked it so much that he used it in, uh, in the prequels. Yep. So... Um, it's it, that's a really really fun fact about this is that there was still even though it's legends there are still some pretty huge plot points and things that that stuck through. I mean, look, Leia training to be a Jedi. Yeah, you know, that's that's a thing that happened in in the sequel trilogy that that Disney made. Um, she had to stop training because of her um, political things that she had to go through. Which again, that's another thing that she had to stop training in the books because of her politics and stuff like that with the huge difference though what do you mean i feel like in legends in this uh this series everyone knows that she was related to darth vader 
Well, um, in the uh, in the canon, they like try everything to keep it a secret. Well, and it it's not something that comes out in in Heir to the Empire until like halfway through the book. Yeah, when they're when they the Nogri with the Nogri coming in, it's like oh. Oh, you smell! <laughs> you smell like Darth Vader. And I think I don't think many people know that she was Vader's daughter. I think that that's the reason that that we see outside people um, understanding that Leia's his his daughter, Vader's daughter, is because Nogri served him. Nogri mm-hmm. served him and like had his scent. Like they're animalistic characters. Which there's another species that was brought into Rebels mm-hmm. um, from this book, the no the it, Nogri. Um, it looks and, and, so different though. And Rook, from the description, like of the image in my head, it's way different. Look up, look up the original Dark Horse comic of Heir to the Empire, mm-hmm. and look at that. And look at Rook. Nogri. Yeah, yeah. But but even Rook was was introduced like into Rebels. Monkey. Rook looks like a gray monkey. The comic even do. Yeah, with fangs. Well, Rook doesn't really have fangs, though, does he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's described as not. having needle-like teeth. Oh, yeah. in in this book, I, I pictured like a, a gargoyle-looking, gnarly guy. Yeah, like, like tiny. Yeah, yeah. but in, they, they did make in, him a little bit different. But he still is. He, he just looks like a gray monkey. But he still beats everybody's ass. Oh yeah, he's, he gave he gave yeah. Zeb a run for his money. Zeb and Sabine at the same time and gave him a run the for point. their money. Like what an awesome fight that was too. Um yeah, I I again another character that's introduced into Star Wars from this book, you know, um lots and lots of of similarities, lots and lots of things that we see through these. Um gosh. <sighs> There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a, there's um, a lot that happens in this book. I mean, yeah. we're we're picking up. I I like that we get a time skip. I love that we open with a time skip. It's like okay, um, yep. Yep. it's been five years since uh, since Endor. I like them going back and visiting Endor too. Yes. And wait. I don't think they did that in this later. One. Later, my bad. No. <laughs> they go to Kashyyyk. I forgot. I I read the whole thing, like the whole series. <laughs> you did the whole happen. and so you did the I, whole trilogy again, didn't you? I did. I couldn't stop, and I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> he told me to just hold off. I know. And I was like, I know. I'm going to read the you. second book. He's like, no, 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 just hold off. I did because I don't want you to know what actually happens after this book before we talk about it. You know what I mean? It it would ruin some of the talking points, I feel like. Um, but I just got to be better about not saying stupid spoilers. They did go back to Kashyyyk in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually don't... I, I guess back isn't the right word because this is the first time this that we got to see This is the first time that Kashyyyk. we see it. Well, yeah. I, again, it discounting, discounting the holiday special. <laughs> We're absolutely discounting the holiday special. <laughs> um... But that was an excellent, excellent scene. That whole time, you know. Oh yeah. The Nogri coming in and just messing things up, and then you know, Leia killing Chewie's friend, kind of, and yeah, man, like what a what an intense, intense scene. That's um, when you discover like the Nogri stopping, because you're like, I remember uh, reading this, and the whole time I'm like, oh fuck, he's about to jack her up or steal her right now. 
and then mm-hmm. he just stops he, in place, sniffing. Then he like the Yam Tavasari. <laughs> what? Lady Vader? She's like, oh yeah, I'm Lady Vader. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> and it, it was pretty cool. It, yeah. It was very interesting to, using that too. Like, what a fun way to incorporate new characters and bring them into a different kind of world. You know, those yeah. guys have known nothing but the Empire and Vader. And the only reason that, that they're going to maybe help the Republic is because. Leia because of a connection to Vader. Like Vader. Vader, yeah. And it's super cool. And the and you know, getting the meetings set up and stuff like that is 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 really fun. Um I know that they they hadn't I don't think they had gone to the actual meeting by the end of this book. The end of the end of this book is Mole Miners and Akbar getting arrested, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we are we're seeing the initial culmination of of Thrawn's plan. We see, right. you know, we see everything fall into place with the mole miners. And right. what a way to tie Lando back into things, by the way. Make him just um, be some cheap ass, not a cheap ass, but someone that's <laughs> doing some scheme on a crazy planet again. Like, and, that's, that's and, who he and, is. And what a concept. The, the, the wandering city, though. I mean... All right. Yeah, I, we took I love that. a spaceship and we set it down on a bunch of Imperial walkers that y'all <laughs> saw in, in Empire Strikes Back. You know, here we here we go, mm-hmm. and we've got forty of these things all linked together, wandering around this planet <laughs> with a spaceship on their backs. I mean, it's... and where where else did we see that? Rebels. When uh, when the clones come back in, they're on the top of a walker that's mm-hmm. got a house on top. It's like a ship oh, on top of it, and they live yeah, up there. Playing right. some Baba Yaga shit there. Uh. Yeah, man. Again, dude, there's so many things taken from these books. Whether they're huge or they're tiny, they mm-hmm. like this book has been one of the biggest sources of inspiration for a lot of the new Star Wars that has come out. Yeah. Um, and I. Again, I can't gush about it enough. Because <laughs> nah, it's really solid. I did want to... We're, we're talking about kind of some of the standout moments, right? We're talking yeah. about the um, Lando on with his mole miners on his <sighs> planet. We're talking about the... Uh, um, a brief... Princess Leia brief, and the Nogri. Very brief cameo by Lobot. Oh, uh, yeah. Without getting his name dropped at all. But Lobot was there. They mentioned uh, and the, the whole uh, C-3PO reprogramming scene. I fucking hate Lobot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought it was interesting. Um, and this is confirm or deny, but they say Borg-like implants. Yes. Is that a Star Trek reference? or It is, not, yes. But not completely. Not completely. But Star Trek I, used it first, kind of? Yes. I thought so. But that was ninety four with so John this Cooper was Scott. this was ninety one, and it's just an abbreviated version of cyborg. Yeah, and the Borg actually came out in I think ninety eighty nine or ninety. They talk about the Borg in Next Generation. Uh, I thought it was towards the end. Uh, they no, showed dude. up in season two. Yeah, then that would have been eighty eight, eighty nine. It's been a while since um, I watched watched Next Generation because the. 
one of the second one of the second movies was First Contact, and that came out I believe ninety six is when First Contact came out. Borgler introduced in Star Trek yeah. on May eighth, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, on the Next Generation episode Q Who. Yeah. Rose to further prominence in the two-part cliffhanger "Best of Both, Both Worlds, Worlds," which aired on June eighteenth, nineteen ninety, with the sequel coming out in September. So that was the season finale, leading into the season premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, the Borg that you're thinking of was the capital B, like Borg Collective. Yeah, correct. That was introduced in yeah. earlier days. Um, yeah, but but Borg is just a an abbreviated version of Cyborg is not uh, a an exclusively Star Trek concept. You want to know what I learned today? Huh. <laughs> it's Don't so tell simple Jesse any that of this. Bor- Cyborg is Borg. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure we don't give Jesse or Star I, so, Trek any credit so, about Borg either. It'll okay. just give him a bigger head than he already oh, had. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that was a pretty standard Star Wars convention, though, was to just drop part of a term. Uh, for hmm. example, droids. Yeah, android. Instead makes of androids. Sense. Makes sense. That actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it, it's it, it's something you see a lot throughout Star Wars canon. Right. Is them just like adjusting or I mean, it, it's not just Star Wars. It's a sci-fi thing. It's like, okay, right. let's briefly update this term by not using the full word or by adding a prefix to it. Right. Which that's fine. We're, we as kids do that all the time. You know what I mean? When we were younger. Yes. It's like it's like the kids in their lingo nowadays. It's perf. It's perf. Or what else do they say? Sus. Sus instead of, of suspicion. Uh, so I mean that's that's really uh, <laughs> among us. Sus? Uh, have uh, you played just... Among Us? No, no, I have not. Oh my god. Okay, so your your one or more players are playing as a alien infiltrator on a spaceship crew. And you're trying to, if you are that person, you're trying to go around and kill the other crew members while uh, taking suspicion away from yourself by, you know, so trying, but you have these very brief, very intense meetings where it's like, okay, I saw this person of this color uh, spacesuit doing this thing. And it's very suspicious, but because you have, a very short time in which to have these conversations. It's like, no, red sus. You're just wow. trying to hit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense, but pe- people are just taking that and running with it at this point. Now that, I yes. Because that's how sus. English works. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> English is three languages wandering around in a trench coat. Right. Um, <laughs> God. So, Justin, what are, like, we've talked about, like I was saying, we've talked about some of the the standout parts of this book. Yeah. What were some of the things that stood out to you the most? Like what were some of your favorite aspects of this first book? Um you know the the tree Komodo dragons, the Isalamari. I, I was them. really digging them. He's especially how Talon Card was like, yeah, there's a special way, but I have a guy for that. Yeah. Like they sounded so cool. Like with the claws and staying on a tree, and they them having to bring a tree into the the uh, 
the starship and you know keep that. They basically alive. just cut down the whole tree to get <laughs> yeah. it out. Uh, like that, that's badass, man. Kinda. I just see that happening and thinking the uh, the mechanics behind it. It's impressive. Really? Like, no, I I just love the idea of Thrawn basically having one worked into a backpack harness, <laughs> so oh. he can carry one around with him. See, I, I, this I, is I don't my know pet. why I was just picturing. <laughs> so I mean, that's our that's our the 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 native uh, wildlife of Mirkir are like the driving force of so much of the plot of this book because mm-hmm. you have the Selamiri and you have the. Um, uh Vornskir. Oh uh, right, the things right. the like that, dogs uh, kind of I imagine yeah, they're like de- demigorgons or whatever oh, from the so, dogs. Yeah, so I always thought of them as more kind of like the um uh displacer beasts from D D just because uh, of the way their tails are described as whipping around like that. I'd have to let me look that um, up. I don't even know. Displacer beasts are like a teleporting cat kind of thing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, with the multiple tails. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Okay, so I, but I I loved the idea of these. We've got this predator that can sense the force, and, and that's why they keep coming after Luke as mm-hmm. he and Mara are making their way through the forest. the the Vornskir, the wild Vornskir keep coming after her, are after him because of you know they sense his strength in the force. That's why they go after him, not Mara. You, right, but hold on, hold on, hold on, dude. And that they don't mention the bone or the 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 bone. Oh shit, they do. The voice yeah, gear. they do. Yeah, yeah. there's two. And, so and that Talon Talon card has two of them as pets. Yeah, Rallet, Sturm and Drang, and they they specifically react poorly to Luke. Yep. Um, and that what a brilliant Timothy Zahn is a brilliant writer. <laughs> I mean. Because if he, he's like, well, if I'm going to introduce something that can block the force, then I should probably introduce something that can sense the force as well to counteract. And so that. that's it's where like you get the natural you know? evolution of these creatures that would create force voids. It's like, okay, yeah, if you know these these animals sense this particular thing in order to hunt, then something's going to find a defense against that. That's yeah. why we get the Salamiri force void. Yep. And like I love how mysterious Thrawn is and how how they how they make him so mysterious cuz like the Pelion is like why do we need these creatures? What is happening and Thrawn is just like just hold on, man. Just let it happen. Okay? <laughs> just just let it play yeah, out. Yeah, no, cuz Thrawn is Thrawn is an absolute believer in the unspoken plan guarantee. And keeping things really close to the vest. Yes, like he, he does if not he doesn't tell someone how something is supposed to go down, then there can be no flaw in his plan, <laughs> however it ends up shaking out. If it doesn't work, he can tell you, he can claim that that was part of his plan all along. Yeah. Um, and then take, so I'm, I'm so glad you brought up Isalamari, Justin. Thank you. Love those little lizards. They're amazing. Right. So it brings me to my next point of Joris Saboth, Sabath, Seboth, Sebaoth. Um call him a different name every time. Uh, <laughs> you basically go to Tantus, you go to Mount Tantus on uh Joe Mark. Oh yeah. Um yeah. 
So the, so you finally like all right. So we got the Salamari. Now we're gonna go find us a Jedi or whatever. Which the, I don't there's. I don't think they originally were looking for the Jedi. They were looking for the Emperor's storage. And they you're found, right. But I yeah, think they he knew, knew the Guardian was gonna be there, but they didn't think he was gonna be a a Force user, let alone fucking. You're right. I I do think Thrawn knew that it was some sort of Force user though, because of the fact that he had the Salamari with him. Like he had. He's like, I'm just he yeah, he knew right. he knew that there was some Jedi connection, and and the way when Sabaoth just launches just immediately is just like, oh, um, you know that whole cool lightning thing that the Emperor did at the end of Return of the Jedi. Guess what? This dude, this new guy, he can do that too, and and a little <laughs> bit more like scary too. Yeah, because he like it kind of to me the Emperor used a lot of strength to do the electricity like it kind of yeah, looked like he it, struggled a little bit it to do took it. some effort on his yeah part. whereas whereas Seaboth right. is just like pew, just pew, like pew. snaps his fingers and does it <laughs> but See, in my head i saw him like sort of have the lightning more uncontrolled rather than the emperor sort of has it just focused at one point this thing just blew up out of his hands and then once it came up to the forest nullifier or whatever bubble, yeah, bubble, it just dissipated. Which when I watched, like uh, I saw that in my head, I'm like, wow, this is badass. Right. There's actually a really, really, really cool animation on YouTube by a guy named uh, Darth Angelus. Um, he hasn't completed the whole story yet, but he like and he releases these once a month or whenever he gets them done. But he's basically animated the entire story of Thrawn. Um, I'll I'll have the links in the show notes for sure for for that. I, there's a really cool audio book by J2 Crusader on there, um, where he does all the different voices on on YouTube, so it's free to watch, listen to. Um, Darth Angelus, like I was saying, does this sweet animation, and and when when he goes to to meet Seaboth, like I imagine it like you did a little bit, Justin. But then when when I watched the animation of it, I was like that makes a lot of sense and is really cool it's yeah. like the the electricity just like flies and just drops it just like goes down basically and stops moving you get some grounding effect basically exactly um and that's kind of like one of one of probably the best introductions into the star wars universe that has not been used again yeah the Salamari, I think, is going to have another big part, big role later on in, in Star Wars. Um, because, I mean, why not, man? That's, that's your, that is your ticket to actually have a level ground with a Jedi. Mm -hmm. Do you think they'll bring it back with the, the soon-to-be Thrawn? I think or that's probably like their best chance. Down the line? I, I really think they're going to bring it back with him. Again... Thrawn's not just going to come directly into one of these next series. It's going to be a build-up. Like, they're yeah. going to build up to him being this big Thanos-type boss. After and have you to gave the, that uh, meta metaphor, that makes sense. They're going to do a Marvel kind of thing. Spin. Mm -hmm. You got John Favreau's Keep running the this whole thing. Watching. Like, think about what John Favreau did with, with Iron Man. He started the entire Avengers universe with Iron Man. Again, I mean, Hulk came out before Iron Man and had a little like inclination of that but but yeah. iron man john favreau started the whole avengers initiative basically and it was all on a gamble 
it was like, we're going to, yeah, let's just throw Nick Fury in here and see how people react, right? Same thing with this, with Mandalorian. Hey, let's just have Ahsoka name drop Thrawn and see what happens. Bro, the internet blew up. <laughs> like, people were super excited just for someone to say Thrawn in live action. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously well, he was we in haven't the cartoons, seen, but... We haven't seen any Chiss in live action stuff yet. So, right. and why why wouldn't we see Chiss? Um, Chiss because the, they're not supposed to be super common. The they're not right. supposed Whoa. to be super common in the main, like in the main parts right. of the galaxy. I just they're mean at supposed this point, to. Oh, why yeah, wouldn't no. we see them? Like, why wouldn't they bring them in? Yeah. It's like kind of one of the last things besides uh, the Usain Bolt to bring If in. we've done Cad Bane in live action, then why are we not doing, you know, yep. why are we not doing Thrawn? Um, one of the coolest rumors that I've seen about Thrawn is that the original voice actor that played Thrawn in Rebels is going to play Thrawn in Ooh, the live action. That would be Ooh. good. It, it, uh, does he have the look, though? Absolutely. Mickelson? Okay. Matt, is it... Uh, no, which which one is it? God, who played him? Lars Mickelson. Thank you. Look look him up. Just look up the voice actor, Justin, and and just imagine him blue with red eyes. I think he's a little old. <laughs> so fun thing. That is Mads Mickelson's older brother. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Mads Mickelson so, was in Rogue One, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He was um uh, the dad. He was uh Jin Urso's dad, uh Galen. Yeah. Galen, Galen Urso. Yep. Who okay, was okay. the no he so the guy who engineered the weakness into the original Death Star. Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No, I do uh I I would love to see him Lars play that character. Oh yeah. You know? Um you know who would I like to see play Thrawn? Benedict Cucumberbatch. God damn right. <laughs> He's one step closer to hitting the trifecta. <laughs> he just needs to be in a fairy tale, and you got it. Oh my goodness! You're telling me um, Doctor Strange isn't a fairy tale? <laughs> That's a hero. You're, you're telling me Star Trek isn't a fairy tale? <laughs> that is a fairy tale. <laughs> there you go. He was Khan. Khan. He'd do great as Thrawn. <laughs> would <laughs> oh, wow someone's gonna be out there yelling son <laughs> yeah. um anyway it's it's gonna be great to see him in live action yeah way. no he'll and be it's gonna be good to oh, yeah. to get some of that chiss lore too like you were saying like even if it's just a little tiny bit justin when you read the ascendancy trilogy you get a lot of that a lot more of that lore mm-hmm. there and it's really cool um, was it the dark nest or more no, legend um no, no, the, the Ascendancy is actual yeah. canon now. That's They brought Timothy Zahn back to write an actual yeah, canon that's series. The, yeah, the, the one you uh, mistakenly The series bought. I bought that was wrong. Yeah. It's not wrong. That's the it Legends. Right? wasn't right for the yeah. series. Yeah, I'm, I'm really upset I turned that back. Damn you, Amazon. It's all right. <laughs> Still can read it. Oh, I will. Um, uh, speaking of kind of just associations with random other Star Wars things though. One of my favorite things ever gets name dropped in this book. The Katana Fleet. Oh, yes. 
Uh, and I don't want to dive too it's much only, into that because it's only a name drop. It's only a yeah, name drop. It's only a name drop in this book. But Talon, Talon card uh, drops the name. I think in this book, he drops the the fleet name in this. Yeah, talking with Han. Yeah. Um. So moving on from from that, um, what we? <laughs> I just like to leave you in the dark a little bit. <laughs> um, please, but, please do. But the the Katana fleet is in in Star Wars canon. It's it's a ghost fleet. Uh, it is yeah, an entire military force lost with dreadnought class uh, with cruisers, massive, and stuff, yeah. massive battleships. Um, basically, the whole talk about like the the droid, uh, like the the slave circuit, uh, is the phrase they use. Yeah, yeah, the, yep. They, they don't use that anymore, <laughs> and there's a reason that they yeah. don't do that anymore. Yes. Um, an entire fleet lost. Just lost. It just disappeared. No one knows where it went. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that the reason why Thrawn was missing? No. No. Not he was, he was on that mission. He wasn't um, missing. He was on a mission to. Well, we can't really get into it. <laughs> yeah. But it, he was on a separate mission from the Emperor. Yeah. Um, to deal with things. One of the one of the main. I think reasonings or thoughts behind why he was on that mission is because the emperor didn't really like aliens to be his admirals at the time of, of this canon. Like the emperor was all about humans. He was basically, there is a a noted xenophobia throughout Mm -hmm. the empire. Uh, White supremacy, but human supremacy, basically humanocentrism. I want to say is what they call it on Wikipedia. Yeah. And Thrawn uh, was which, one of the which only becomes an aliens. issue. I was going to say that the humanocentrism thing is an issue, even with the New Republic, because it's like, okay, who's our big leader right now? Mon Mothma. Who's okay. generals? I love her. Leia. But <laughs> I love Mon Mothma. But I mean, Ackbar's I do too. There. She's amazing. Akbar's there. And no, Akbar's little... there. We get Borsk Phalia introduced Phalia. in this book. Oh my yes. God. We get to actually see a Bothan. In action in this book, <laughs> he wasn't one of the many Bothans that died to bring that in. No, <laughs> but no. Was he, he, coordinator. That? he was He was their commander. <laughs> yeah, and he... he just has this fucking grudge. <laughs> he lost the uh, five platoons, but he's here now. We're sad, yeah, for dude. Him. Well, because he, he just, was everybody. He was like the spy master who was you know connected with the entire acquisition of the second death star plans there's a little foreshadowing in the book where leia says like yeah, i don't really like him and then every time she mentions her feelings she tends to be 100 percent right <laughs> fucking awesome and then how is the end book a fucking who's going on or akbar goes to jail mm-hmm. i think it's a coup do Fuck you interesting boss. Um, Akbar, like, oh, Akbar seems like a dick in this book. It, well, he's—I don't think he seems it, as much of a dick as he is just stuck in his old Han ways. Like a dick, at least, and I'm—he's just biased on Han. He's Fair. like an old Fair. grumpy man that survived the war, and I did it. Sorry. And you're gonna listen to me now, Sonny. Like that's kind of how I feel like Akbar is, you know? Yeah. 
He doesn't want to listen to anyone else's ideas. He he knows military tactics very well. Thalia knows spycraft very well. Mm -hmm. Those two things are going to frequently be at odds, especially when trying to reach the same goals. Yep. Yep. And there's a lot more. Obviously, this this book leaves you. You'll find out. I do really like how they left this book on a cliffhanger like that, though. Oh. You know, yes, they basically, it, the, it's the, very the, much the um, it, it's very much mirroring the end of Empire Strikes Back. Right. Uh, it's it's like, hey, we ending. we want to have this rather pyrrhic victory. It's like, yes, we technically won. But did we? Right. Well, because oh. the, the Empire is still so scattered. Like, they're... You got to imagine, like... And they do a really good job. Well, Zahn does a really good job kind of describing the amount of just confusion there is in the Empire. Because the Empire is still there. It is still a predominant force, even five years after the Emperor is dead. It's just all of the different people squabbling for control. They're not able to work together. And they're not able to actually like fight correctly and that's where Thrawn comes in because mm-hmm. he's he's there and he knows how to do things and did he, did they run into any other Imperials in this in this one yet not outside not of Thrawn's this. forces no. okay okay so yeah, we know no, we've we've only seen Thrawn and Peleon and their joint forces so far I think and, he has a total of like twelve to fifteen cruisers because when he does that three pronged attack, there's like four to five in each. Yeah, I mean he's he's got a he's amassing you know a pretty good army, and he's done that all on his own. Like we we've come in, you know, halfway through his plan basically, and and he's already been amassing the empire. Like he's those ships that you saw were basically him going to other imperials and being like, listen, dude, like you guys need some order. And I'm here to to bring that order. And he's using Sabaoth to prove that he can. Elaborate on that. Because I, I feel like Empire as a whole doesn't know about Sabaoth. No, but they are seeing the tactics that Thrawn is pulling off. They're seeing the incredible level of precision that he's able to put into his attacks, and uh, his military strikes. And he's coordinating some of those via Sabaoth's power. Yeah. So okay. he may not actually be, you know, flaunting. You know, he's not out there saying, "Hey, look, I got a Jedi." Um, but he's absolutely utilizing his power to bolster his own reputation. Yeah. And what a master manipulator Thrawn is. Oh, oh, yeah. Like being able to to talk Sabaoth into joining him basically just by mentioning other jedi was was brilliant he's like i don't he's thinking i don't know if i can actually bring you these jedi but like it's pretty enticing isn't it <laughs> i will claim that i can yeah. we'll try yeah um and then i like their dynamic a lot seaboth and thrawn because seaboth just looks at any creature that isn't a, a jedi as a lesser being you know he's He's that kind of um, what would you call it? Like a like little maniac. Yeah, or thinks he's superior to everybody else because he knows the force. Um, there's which, there's definitely a, a superiority complex there. 
Yeah, oh. and it, 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 you know, with Thrawn being able to kind of disarm him, he really doesn't like oh. it. <laughs> yeah, you get a sense for that. Oh, yeah. Um, I do really enjoy the fact that there's no mention of Sith in this. Mm-hmm. Sith well, did not exist yet. <sighs> Dark Jedi, yes. light Jedi. <laughs> yeah. But the, the word Sith was uh, a later introduction. Wasn't that an intro in the Old Republic more as a species rather than as... So, yes, but there was a, a Sith species, though. And they've always... Ever since they even brought the Sith into it, though, they've still considered them to be Dark Jedi. Like, I've most never, people will call yeah. them Dark Jedi. Yeah. Because I think in in the universe as we know it, they really only know about Jedi. You know, good and bad Jedi. And so... Sith was such an ancient religion, an ancient culture that it had kind of, it kind of gone, it had gone to the wayside, you know. So it's that. That's why in Episode One, they're like, "What do you mean the Sith have returned?" Like, they're all freaking out because those those things didn't exist, you know. Like we didn't know anything about that. So it, it's it's really interesting to see that aspect to be like, "Oh, he's he's dark." Um. So, yeah, uh, Phantom Menace was the first in the movies to use the word Sith. Right. And the novelization of Star Wars actually uses it. The original novelization, really? Yes. Yep. The 1976 uh, Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Interesting. Yes. But wasn't used in the films. Wasn't used in the films until Phantom Menace. Mm, Okay. Um, but that, that, I mean, that would make sense why it wasn't really used in this either. And I don't think Joris would be considered necessarily a dark Jedi um, because, as Thrawn points out, he's a clone. Yes. Um, they, they, they bring up the point that he's kind of lost his mind. He's like a mad Jedi. And one of the reasons being is yeah. Joris died yeah. a long time ago on the outbound flight, which is a really cool book. It's and Thrawn um, was at that battle. And... And so, <laughs> knowing that he's a clone, there's your first introduction to clones, right? And our first introduction to clones is the way that they clone people was adding a new vowel to their name. <laughs> Which is funny to me, because they do this multiple times in, in the Legends series. <laughs> and it's awesome. I think, what which book was it where they where Luke got cloned? Oh, was it, that uh, spoilers. <laughs> Is that is that a spoiler? That's that's Thrawn trilogy spoiler territory. Okay. So, so I don't remember if it, that was it or not. But I know that there was like a a clone of the Emperor later too. Oh yeah. Um, All right. If if they added this concept into canon, shouldn't it be Snook? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It depends on how many times he was cloned. Because if it was like eight times, Luke. Luke. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's it's cool to cool to see this like the introduction of clones now, and then seeing that clones weren't the best. Like there was a fifty fifty chance that those assholes could turn really really bad, and and do some some pretty crazy things. Um. But yeah, the, again, just just back to that, I love 
all those characters that they introduced the the, the Thrawn, Paleon, um, Joris, Saboth, um, Card, um, the the Bothan, like Freya, like everyone is is really cool. One person that we have not talked about being introduced yet, <gasps> and this is one of the best characters she has the best character arc of oh. any legends character that was introduced in this book and that's Mara Jade um complete badass lady you know and she she's shrouded ever. in mystery in this whole book you you know nothing about her until the last you know, couple of chapters really yeah late later on um, yeah she like gives up in frustration and finally tells Luke why she hates him mm -hmm. right and she's she assumes that Luke killed the Emperor, and she needs to take his revenge on him. Um, when in actuality, it was it was Vader, you know. So there's this mis mis uh, misunderstanding, and she's kind of driven by that hatred. Um, but she's also a badass. When they get stuck in the forest, um, with all those those dog creatures and Isalamari and all that stuff, like her and Luke, really. Like that was a really cool scene, um, going going through all of that with her and like ha them having to kind of work together, you know, and especially with how much she hates him. Justin, what what did you think about Mary Jade? I know that you know about Mary Jade. We play Star Wars: Galaxy of Heroes, and she's been in that for like a year now. I know that ruined so much for me, though. Uh, you went in so there and read like her profile and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Once I saw him, I'm like, all right, I gotta look her up. Oh, Galaxy of Heroes. Oh yeah, I have her leveled up. Oh, that's where oh, she okay. is. <laughs> but like, uh, <laughs> they started introducing her, like a uh, Talon card, trying to groom her up to be the lieutenant. I'm like, all right, who is this chick? Oh, it's Mara Jade. Fuck yeah, I know her. But the, I had to take that context out of my brain while reading, and then like the description of her. How she's red hair, bright green eyes, moves like a cat. You're like, oh, dude, she's hot. I guess <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and she has to be kind of introduced as someone who's very different from the other women that Luke has known in his life. Yep. A woman that hates him. Yes. It's like a he's, a, he's been off very loved woman. by people. By the other two women in the galaxy at this point, <laughs> one of whom is my sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So that speaking of dynamics, the dynamic between Luke and, and Mary Jade, they don't spend a lot of time together in this book. It's just really the escape um, I'd from I'd Thrawn. They differ because the at a point in the book they say it's like oh it's a three days journey to the edge of the yeah. forest to the sea. Oh, yeah. Three days in the jungle or in the wilderness, sorry, of the forest. It's a you make a good point. I, I think just as far as like reading the book, there was so much other stuff going on around this particular scene that it was, you know, to me it was a, a great introduction to their what their character dynamic could be. Absolutely. You know. I agree. Um, was there, gosh, was there, I'm trying to think, and again, some things are kind of bleeding together. Was there mention of... Of Jabba's stuff in this yes. book, the I know skin. that he goes. I know that Luke goes in the cave. Yes, and, and he sees the has vision. a vision of what's described as a possible past. Yes, uh, where 
if Mara had been allowed on the sail barge, she would have intercepted the launched lightsaber and right. Luke and his friends all would have died. And I couldn't see, I couldn't remember if they had said that it was Mara that was supposed to be on the, the scarif or not. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the way that she's described. Java said no. Yeah. Right. And the way that she was described. Undercover. Was yeah. 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 She was undercover at Java's palace. And that's what Lando recognizes her. Because yep. guess who else was undercover at Java's palace at the time? Yep. God, how cool is that? Like, what a what a brilliant writer Timothy Zahn is. Like, he loved right. Star Wars, obviously, and he wanted to make a Star Wars book. And, and he, he pulls uh, one of my favorite things that he uses throughout the entire run of Heir to the Empire is little nods to the dialogue from the original trilogy. Yes. Oh, I've already seen that. There's there's things like, you know, I've got a bad feeling about this, which also appears in like every episode of the first season of Clone Wars at some point in yeah, each it's like episode. An, it's like an ongoing joke. Yeah, it's a running thing. joke in Clone Wars. <laughs> um, but you get Han doing a, hey, it's me. Right. Uh, With line the at one face. point. <laughs> Yeah. What's the other one? There's another one that um, Leia it's a says lot to Han. Of, it's a lot of no, Han's dialogue. I, I'm not asking the committee. <laughs> yeah, I and, am and, not a committee. And, and Luke is like, maybe someday you'll tell me about that inside joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to me, that means that they've said that a lot. Like that Han has done that <laughs> yeah. a lot to Leia. <laughs> that it's just become a recurring thing with yeah. them. And Luke's yeah. just still in the dark. Like, what the F does this even mean? <laughs> This better um, not be something weird between you and my sister. <laughs> right. I, I love Chewie in this. I love his his dynamic and the way that, that they use him in this as well as kind of Leia's protector. He's not in it a lot. I, I mean, he's around and stuff, but, you know. Chewie has you got? a speech impediment. <laughs> I love that. Because <gasps> that was the first time I found out a Wookiee could speak standard. And then he's like, whoa. Chewie have a speech impediment. <laughs> no, but it's it's not Chewie who has Leia thinks that know, maybe it's, uh, it's him, but it's it's, it's his other guy standard. who has the speech impediment. <laughs> I just it's think just... it's so funny they accuse them. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, and, and Wookiee's speaking basic, that's the first time we really see that too. Basically. Um I actually just started playing a D and D Star Wars with some Ooh, friends. Fun. Um, this last week we did our first round of it, and one of the characters, one of the one of the dudes, is a Wookiee that speaks basic, and I'm like, huh, funny, I've heard that before. Like, <laughs> like one of the one of the dudes was like, Wookies don't speak basic, and I go, I beg to differ, friend. <laughs> Do they though? It's it's a fun, it's a really fun little game that we're playing. It's a, it's like a alternative future Ooh. where, um, Anakin. Anakin becomes the emperor. Oh. Is basically what what this game is about. What my friend my friend wrote the whole story for it and he basically did like a multiverse version of of more Vader and it's, it's really cool ro- so far. More robotic. That sounds like fun. I don't think he's more robotic. I I'd, I'd have to get in I I just joined the party virtually this week. I'm actually going up to their house uh next time we play in a few weeks. Um so I'll have to get a little more information and Get back to you guys on that because that's fun. Maybe it's like a what if uh, Anakin beat Kenobi. I think it is actually. 
I think it is. Nice. Um, And then ends up killing the emperor because he's like, bitch, I got all my arms and legs. (laughs) (laughs) I will end you. Um, Gosh, that's funny. I'm going through my notes right now. Joke about committee. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, Um, I I just, it's a nice little set of Easter eggs throughout for for the fans of the films you know it's just one easter egg i really really enjoyed and one thing that can still to this day be used um in in like real canon is r2d2's connection with luke's x-wing yes oh i love that how like, they know you making it x amount of percent more efficient yeah that like was 35 cool. percent more efficient he doesn't By ever get him wiped or anything. memory wiped. Yep. It's yeah. like it's like X, the X-Wing and R2 are best buds. Yeah. You know, like there could be a, a, a series of shorts where it's just R2 and the X-Wing hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> just just going on adventures without Luke. Yeah, exactly. Or have Luke in the cockpit, like in the Jedi trance. <laughs> it's just like... Sleeping or something. <laughs> Luke in hibernation trance and the X-Wing and R2 just having conversations. Yeah. R2's like, yo, Exy, you want to go do something? <laughs> I just go to planets and party. Hey, homie, let's go, go, go rescue, go rescue other droids from. <laughs> I think, I think that's a brilliant show idea, and we should make it happen. Um, but I really, really like that because it's a good way to to explain like kind of why Luke's X-wing is so good, or why why Luke has a bit of an advantage. Not only does he have the Force, but he also has this. Uh, power duo of droid and x-wing that yeah. really really help him with stuff um just a really cool way to to explain his luck yeah you know? um oh, except, and, i mean go on oh i was just gonna say we got to see another one of my favorite absolute favorite canon star wars characters playing around a little bit in this book Oh man, another cliffhanger. Can anybody guess which character Phil was most excited about to see in this series? Let us know at QuestMeTMA. If you'd like to be a part of this podcast, maybe talk about some Andor with us, send me an email at QuestMeTMA at gmail.com. Once again, thank you all for listening to this week's second episode of a three-part miniseries of QuestMe. Join us again next week for the conclusion of the Air of the Empire talk. You guys all have a great week. They told me they fixed it. They told me they fixed it.